This is Jen Lehner with the Front Row CEO, and you are listening to the Inspiration Place podcast with my good friend, Miriam Schulman. Today's episode is sponsored by The Artist Incubator. If you're wondering how to skyrocket your success as a professional artist, step by step, and if you're ready to start investing in your art career, you're in the right place. I've done it and I can show you how to do it too using the passion to profit framework. To learn more, go to shulmanart.com forward slash biz. That's B-I-Z. It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world insider podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Well, hello, this is your host, artist Miriam Schulman, and you're listening to episode number 75 of the Inspiration Place podcast. I am so thrilled that you're here. In this episode, we're going to talk about what it means to live your life in the front row, why every artist deserves an apprentice, and what kinds of tasks artists could and should be outsourcing and how to get started. To join me in this conversation, today's guest is a digital marketing and systems strategist who works with authors, coaches, and entrepreneurs to create smart, automated, systems-based businesses. She's an adjunct professor of digital marketing at Cleveland State University and founder of the Front Row Mastermind that was featured in Fast Company as one of the top 10 Facebook groups to join before quitting your day job. Not only that, but she's a real life friend and an all around awesome person who I met in the mastermind that I belong to. So please welcome to the Inspiration Place, Jen Lehner. Hey, Jen, welcome to the show. Hey, Miriam, it is so good to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. So let's dive right in. A lot of times I'll spend the beginning part chit-chatting with my guests just so I can get to know them, but I know you so well already. So I know you're super comfortable to be here, right? Yep. Totally. And by the way, you got to check out Jen's glasses. We're going to have a picture of what you look like right now. You have the coolest frames. Holy cow. Thank you. You can have them too. I got them on Amazon. No way. Mm-hmm. Peepers. They're peepers. Give a shout out to the peepers folks. They're readers though. They're readers. So they're, they're, not, they're not like prescription oh. glasses. So do you wear contacts? I don't, but I don't think you would do that for, I just need glasses to read, but because I'm in front of the computer, I'm always reading my computer. So I pretty much have them on all day. You know what I mean? The reason I've completely given up on contacts is at this point I need trifocals. Mm, that's down the road for me. I'm I sure. mean, the contacts do nothing anymore and I have to put on reading glasses on top of the contacts and then I forget to take them off. Well, glasses are cool. So yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> They also like hide things. It's like makeup. Totally. Let's dive in. So I love your whole concept of front row because it's actually something that I used to preach to my kids. We both have slightly different takes on it. So share your take first, what it means to live life in the front row. And then I'll tell you what I've been preaching to my kids all these years. I mean it literally and metaphorically. So quite literally, I literally have lived my life in the front row. 
you know, and it's funny because I was talking about this with my old college girlfriends the other day. And they're like, Jen, yeah, you told we met you in the front row individually. These two girls, I had met one in the front row of a concert and one at the front row of our class. I always go straight to the front and usually like front and center. And the reason is because you, you actually, you just see everything better. You hear better. Your questions get answered faster. So then that translates really nicely into the metaphorical part of it, which is just like when you go to the front, you're all in, right? Like you can't yeah. make an exit for the door real quick. So metaphorically, like when you step up to the front row in life and in business, you're just saying like, here I am. I'm not afraid for the people behind me to see me. I'm not afraid for the people in front of me to see me raise my hand. And and I'm just going to get everything I can out of this. That's kind of what I mean. This is also a philosophy that we share. Ever since the seventh grade, I had a teacher who pointed out that the kids in the front row get A's. And basically, the further back in the class you sit, the lower your grade is. And it's not that she sits there and says, okay, she's in the back row, therefore she's not getting a good grade. But like you said, the person in the front you're going to pay attention more. The person in the back, that's where you pass notes. That's where you're like, now kids are on their phones or whatever. But in mm -hmm. the front, there's no fooling around in the front. And the teacher gets right. to know you. And you just get so much more out of the class when you're in the front. So I've always said to my kids, sit in the front row, you're going to get better grades if you do. So that was something that I've always embraced. But I love this whole concept of not it just being a literal thing for getting a good grade, but also taking it into your business life, like as a philosophy. Yeah, that bleeds into everything else. It's why it's okay to promote yourself because who else yeah. is going to do it, right? Like right. you're taking a front row attitude in that case. Like you got to step up and advocate for yourself as a consumer, as a business person, as a patient. You know, I see my mom, like a lot of us are dealing with aging parents and I'm so blown away by how ready she is to just be okay. Like just whatever the doctor says, you know, or if they say it's going to take three weeks for test results, then she'll say, you know, doctor knows all. Okay, I'll wait three weeks. And I'm like, mom, no, you got to step up. Yeah. You got to advocate for yourself. So is it even, I think it even bleeds into that, into self-advocacy. If anyone thinks this doesn't have anything to do with them because you're out of school, whenever I go to conferences, that's where yes. you'll find me because that's how you meet the presenters. Not only that, Miriam, this is, I'm telling you, this is scientifically proven <laughs> by my own experimentation. Yeah. And that is when you sit in the front row at a conference, the people on either side of you are going to be the most interesting people in that room mm. because they are also like go-getters. You know, they're also have that attitude of like, I want to just soak it all up. I want to soak it all in. I'm here. I'm present. And they're the best people. So I'm telling you, I have had the most incredible collaborations in business and, and friendships that have formed right up there in the, in the front row. So, so now it's really like, you know, I will kill myself to get to the front row. <laughs> but that happens virtually too. So Jen and I are in the same mastermind and our coach loves people who get there first. He's always making a big deal of who's first. I honestly don't care about being first, by the way. I just know sure. our coach likes it. Like she's looking like, sure you do. <laughs> no, but I like being on time. Yes. So because I like being on time and not everybody values that, then therefore I end up being first a lot of the time. And Jen does too. Yeah. If you're not early, you're late, man. That's right. 
That's right. And that's all about like the whole same mentality that you're showing up, you're going to get everything you can out of whatever the experience is. Mm -hmm. I love that about you. Okay, so but today we're talking about how to get some help in our business. And I know that my listeners, they have a lot of blocks about getting help, paying for help, and all those things. And I'm sure that you hear the same concerns as well. Is that right? Constantly. Yep. Okay. So the first thing I know people say is where do they find someone to help them? And they worry about training them. So what do you say about that? Which one do you hear more? How to find somebody, how to train them? Before that, I usually hear affordability. Oh yeah, that too. Like I can't afford it. I'm just not there yet. Yep. For that one, like I'll just, you know, just get it out there like real quick. You know, we live in this world economy now where people are more and more skilled, more and more educated. My prescription is for people to hire from the Philippines specifically because you can leverage that exchange rate and the people there are highly, highly educated. Most people speak English. So I've had a lot of success with that. And so once people see that they can actually feel okay about paying someone $4.50 $4.50 an hour and they realize that that's possible, then it's a game changer, right? And so I also want to say and get it out of the way that this is not about exploiting people. Like, and we don't have to talk about it now, but there are ways also to compensate someone beyond just that $4.50 an hour with other benefits and bonuses. But yeah, I mean, between $4.50 and $10 an hour, you can get some outstanding people. So that usually gets people to sort of sit up in their seat and they're like, oh, wait, what? Yeah. So just to like reiterate that whole point about you're not taking advantage of them. So this past summer, I went to Colombia. My Spanish skills are are very weak at best. And this is not the country you go to when you don't speak the language. You know how you're always hearing from people who travel? Oh, everyone speaks English there. Yeah. This is not one of those places. So the taxi (laughs) ride from the airport, like I gave him the money and then he kind of made a face at me. So I thought maybe I didn't give him enough. So I gave him more. Well, turns out, I think I gave him like his year salary. (laughs) So you don't have to feel guilty about overpaying somebody. It's like you need the energy exchange, the value exchange to be appropriate. So people don't actually want to be overpaid based on what their local economy is. They don't always feel comfortable. It's like, well, what does she really want from me? Well, and it just goes farther. I mean, the fact of the matter is it's when I pay $4.50 an hour, well, I mean, I pay more for that for my VAs who have been with me for a long time, but a new person will start with me at that rate. And that's the wage they've asked for, number one, in the process. Secondly, it just goes so much farther for them, right? So that's why it's it's okay. Yeah. I've always hired college or high school students I'm actually thinking about now moving into and doing what you are recommending, Jen, like hiring also somebody outside because it's starting to get expensive for me. And I get used to the help of having somebody help me. And it's like, well, I can have them work 10 hours. I can have them work 20 hours. And even at $15 an hour, this is starting to add up for me. Mm -hmm. That would be my lowest paid person who helps me right Mm -hmm. now. And of course, my studio assistant, Anna, makes much more and she could use some help as well. So it'd be really nice to... An assistant for your assistant. Yeah. 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 I've done that in the Philippines. So my Filipino head VA is we have now, she has her own you know, <laughs> VA and it's, it's really an awesome thing. You know, my cousin, I've got to figure out a way to get him on my podcast. And I don't know if he would want to share his name and associate it with this story just because he would be tipping off all of his competitors, but he's a big architect. He's a very successful architect in the United States. And he has an assistant in, I think she's in Croatia. 
and she's extremely skilled. And so what he does is he goes in, I mean, I think in some total, she makes like $20,000 a year, which is apparently a really great income for her there. So he's able to like meet with, let's say five clients in a day, just him. He goes in, he takes some rough measurements. He shoots it over to her. He meets with those five five clients while he's sleeping. She's creating all the drawings, Mm. literally all the drawings that are to scale and accurate in the architectural world. And then he wakes up there already. He sends them to his client. I mean, he's basically turned himself into, you know, he's truly cloned himself. And so she's been with him for years, you know, I mean, he'd pay her double, I'm sure without, you know, just so she wouldn't leave because he's, he's leveraged it 10 times over. Wow. Let's be more specific and talk about the kinds of tasks that your clients and artists who are listening to this show might be outsourcing. Because that's another thing I get asked is that, what do I give them? Which meanwhile, they kind of know what they need to give because they're feeling so overwhelmed. So what's your answer to that? What's, what do you think is the, usually the first thing people need to get off their plate? The first thing you need to get off the plate is the thing that you hate the most yeah. that is that you just really can't stand that you do repetitively. And so that's going to change for people. Some people that's managing their inbox or invoicing or chasing down clients for contracts to get signed. I'm just talking directly to my, lis- my listeners. Ask yourself, how many hours do you spend Mickey Mousing the tags on whatever print on demand site or Etsy, you know, whether it's Fine Art America, print on demand, putting in all the keywords in your website, all these things that most people really don't like to do. Those are things you definitely can be done by somebody else. Researching hashtags and social media. I know that I like to give all the images to my assistant. They schedule it using a tool. I may come in and do the final edits of what's being said. But that's a lot of work that I doesn't have to be done by me. Those are great examples. And you know, it doesn't stop there and it doesn't have to be a VA in the Philippines, but let's talk about laundry. Okay. Like this right. was an epiphany that I had. <laughs> I, I can't believe it took me this long. I'm so mad. I want all those other years back, but I hired someone. She comes in once a week and she's at the house all day. She does the laundry and she irons and she puts it all away. Okay. Yeah. It's not that I hate laundry. I, I actually just hate putting it away. I look at my time. So laundry can take a whole day. What can I do in that day with my time? Oh, and by the way, guilty. I also do not do my own laundry. Not guilty, schmilty. It's not guilt. It's like the smartest <laughs> thing. It's like you lead the way, honey. Like right. that is right. let everyone know about it. It's liberating. No, but let, let's also talk about something else. So <laughs> related, my husband, he used to iron his own shirts. Then I finally convinced him to send out the shirts. It's like a dollar fifty per shirt, whatever. Recently, you know, as he's moving towards a semi-retirement, whatever, he says, well, maybe, and our kids are in college, so we have all the expenses. He's, he's like, maybe I can save money if I start ironing my own shirts. So I was like, well, <laughs> so funny, sweetie, how much do you charge per hour? How much is your billable hours? And I don't know if I should say what that is out loud, but it's certainly more than a dollar fifty. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yes, you know, hundreds, yes. hundreds of dollars an hour. Right. So. Why does what does it make sense for you to be spending your time ironing shirts when you can outsource that for a lot less than what you are making? Okay, you hit on a really, really important point. And that is the other thing that we say to ourselves, okay? So when it comes to hiring an, an assistant, 
And a lot of people are cursed who tend to be good at lots of things, yeah. okay? So let's say just because you know how to build a landing page, you know how to do cute social media graphics, you're really good at social media, you, you're you really great at organizing, I don't know, let's just say you're just good at everything. Yeah. This is a curse for a lot of people because the conversation that we have with ourselves is, since I know how to do this, I might as well save the money and do it myself. Right. But as you just pointed out, you are not saving money. No. You are leaving gobs of money on the table. Yeah. And if fact. you look at some of the richest people in the world, like let's talk about Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. Is he still writing the computer code for Microsoft? I don't think so. Does uh-uh. he know how? Yes. Does he know how probably better than everyone else he hires? Also, yes, but that's not the way to build wealth. Look at your dentist. Is your dentist billing his clients, scheduling his clients? No, he's getting paid to charge you a whole lot of money to put on that crown. He's got to put on that crown. He's got to focus at what he's what he's good at. And usually doesn't clean your teeth either. That's somebody else. And that too, you know. And so- then he's charging more than what he's paying his hygienist to clean your teeth. So Right. Yeah. And I was just introduced to the world of Invisalign for my 11-year-old. And I was like, huh. So you don't have to come in and get them tightened. And you know, you don't have to. So they have the same outcome as braces, but you don't have to get like wires tightened. You don't have to come in as often. And, but the price is the same. And I thought, well, that's just wonderful news for the orthodontist because they're doing much less work charging you the same. And so their margins are greater. Not that that really has anything to do with outsourcing, but I was just thinking about that. So now let's talk about how you communicate because this has been actually my own objection, why I'm paying more to hire people who are locally rather than somebody who lives across the country. And how does that communicate? How do you manage the communication with somebody who's virtual? Oh, it's so easy now. Like my favorite thing. So I have a couple of different things. We work on projects together on Trello because it's very easy to collaborate. But for people who, who don't know what Trello is, any sort of online tool, everything works from the cloud now. So even if you were just talking to each other on a Google document would work, you know, but there's so many great project management tools all day long. Like, hey, did you get that email? Don't forget to check so-and-so. Oh, hey, I forgot to invoice so-and-so. For all that day-to-day, on my phone, I have an app called Voxer. With It begins with a V. I know you use it too, Miriam. And it's like a walkie-talkie that no one has to pay data for. So we use that for the information we need to get across instantly. Right now, I'm only using Voxer to chit-chat with you. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So what I am using for my team who, like I said, most of them even come to me is I use Slack, Mm -hmm. which is basically for those who don't know, Voxer could be used as a walkie talkie or you can type in messages. Slack, Mm -hmm. it's pretty much text based, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you could send images. So why don't you use Slack? Okay. So Slack is, there's places where you need to make sure things are archived and documented and like you have lists and then you can check things off and the other people can see that. And I think Trello is the way to do that. But I think people use Slack instead of Trello for communication and project management. I use Slack and also use a project management tool, which is similar to Trello. It's called Asana, A-S-A-N-A. And by the way, I firmly believe that it doesn't matter which project management tool you use. Trello's free also with the basic version, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're both great. Even if you don't have anyone working for you, you should get one of those two systems. 
Asana, Trello, something just to keep track of tasks that you do for any project, whether it's to manage yourself or to Mm -hmm. manage somebody else. I totally agree with you. And I don't want to lose people. So I think we're going to move away from the software right now, because what's really important is really understanding that you can communicate with somebody who isn't sitting next to you. Yeah. And then I also, what I've discovered is even though the people are coming to my house, sometimes they're messaging me even in my house. It's like from the next room. It's really weird. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) It's It's true. We're guilty of that in my house as well. Right. And then the other thing that I noticed is that I'm like talking to one of my assistants and she's writing things down and I'm not now I'm starting to understand that I don't think she's understanding everything I'm saying. And she's just kind of like doing that thing kids do to take notes to make you think that they're understanding and paying attention. Do you know what I mean? Uh Yeah, I totally do. And then I'm regretting, wait, why didn't I put this into a system and into like a step by step? Because she'll come back and ask me again. And I don't even remember what I told her because I didn't put it in Mm -hmm. a place. I was trusting her to understand what I'm saying the first time and write it down the right way, which is not a good idea. Yeah. Systems are everything. And, and I really wish I would have learned this years ago, but you know, a system is really just a list. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I will do. So I'm trying to think of something that's outside of like the technical world, but I'll just like, if I do anything that's website related with transferring domains, I have to relearn it every time. It's yeah. not complicated, but if I would have taken the time to just write myself a list of instructions, then I would have a system and then I could just knock it out every time. I'm going to give two examples that might be more relevant to the people listening. Okay, so first of all, something that is system software related might be how to upload a YouTube video. And mm-hmm. especially since YouTube is always changing. Did you notice that? I don't know if you're doing Oh, you, God, oh yes. my gosh. Okay. So if there's anything where you need to like write down how do you do it, it's so much better if you have a, a place to put a checklist. But even moving completely away from anything software related, if you've ever done, and I hope people who are listening have done this, if you've done some sort of show, art show, or an open studio, you might want a checklist of all the things you've done and then being able to reuse that same checklist next year or next time saves a lot of aggravation because there's always those things like, oh, I wish I had done this, that you can now add to your electronic checklist so that you don't forget to do it the next time. Awesome example. I also use it just as a place to store ideas. So it's not just a to-do list, but any kind of electronic holding system where you can manage not just tasks, but also information. It always helps clean my brain off if I know there's a place where I can look it up and find it. Yeah, it's the ultimate brain dump. Yeah. By the way, I wanted to let you know that I do have room inside my Artist Incubator program. If you want to turn your passion for art into profits, but you're lacking a solid strategy or a winning mindset, I can help you. If you've been listening to this podcast and you found my tips helpful, then maybe it's time to take the next logical step and work with me on a deeper level. The Artist Incubator Program is for artists who are serious about earning a living from their art. I'll consider applications from those who are just starting out, but you have to be ready to be fully committed in order to grow your art business. There's no fee or commitment to apply, and those who qualify will get a free live strategy call with me. 
Everyone else will get a set of personalized recommendations sent to you by email. So you win no matter what. To apply, go to shulmanart.com forward slash biz. That's shulmanart.com forward slash B-I-Z. Now back to the show. Okay, so let's talk about more objections people have. So this is something that's come up recently. I was talking to a client and she was like, well, how do I know or how do I find someone who can do the things I need them to do? That's everything. I mean, because... It's one thing to understand that you need to hire, but then when you go out and do it, you could waste a lot of time and it could be really discouraging because the process could get very tangled, right? Like even if you just posted something on Facebook locally, you're going to get like tons of responses. You have to figure out how you're going to weed through those responses. It could be overwhelming and people put together resumes and it's all, you know, we all know that we just fudge resumes. I mean, we don't fudge them, but like resumes can be deceiving. So you don't want to just ask for somebody's resume. And so what I have found is that when, I post and look for a virtual assistant. And the way that I teach this is that there's a process. And part of that process is that the applicant will do some sort of test task. They'll complete some sort of task. And then nobody moves forward. You know, it's very self-eliminating. They jump through a series of hoops that I don't really have to manage so much, leaving me with just the cream of the crop of the applicants. I'm not having to answer a bunch of emails. I'm not wasting time. And by the time I get to this qualified pool of applicants, then I'll do like an interview over Skype. This test task, does that go out in the very first level for my own process? Like what I do is I usually try to embed some sort of screening question in there. In other words, like I'll ask them a question or I'll ask them to respond with a certain subject line, like Mm -hmm. some sort of test task that is not even them doing anything necessarily, just kind of making sure that they read through it or detail oriented enough to find that that Easter egg. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you have anything like that? And I used to do that. That was pretty much all I did. And maybe I'd give them a test task. But so to answer your question, it's early in the process, but it's not the first thing. The first thing is like online application that they have to fill out. And again, the questions in there will automatically, depending on how they answer, because yeah, depending on how they answer on that application is going to immediately eliminate a good bit. So you have job posting. I have my favorite site where I do this in the Philippines, then you get a ton of people that respond. Too many people respond. If they have read your ad carefully, they know they have to click on the link to fill out a more comprehensive application. They fill out the application, then it's all this is automated, by the way. So it, it goes onto a spreadsheet and it things turn red, basically, if they're no's. So oh, really? I just have to glance at the sheet and it's just, I don't have to look at the reds. People have moved through they automatically get an email with the test task. So then that email is going to say, awesome, like, you know, thank you for your application. The next step in the process is we'd like to ask you to to do this next thing. They kind of jumped through a hoop, which you've automated. So it's not like you're sifting through everything, but they have jumped through a hoop before they're asked to complete a task. So you've kind of already pre-screened before you send them the next pre-screen. Okay. Tell us like a task that you might give somebody. One that I've done with graphic designers is I will give them a, a blank checklist 
Because in my work, in this online world, you know, creating online courses and stuff, we have a lot of supplemental materials in the form of workbooks and checklists and PDFs and all this stuff. And so I give them just this blank checklist that's on a Google Doc and say, here are three examples of design styles that I like. And I pick three other people's checklists. It has to be super short. So it's like five things on the list. Can you please convert this list into, into a style that looks similar to this? Here is my brand color. Like I just give them one color. What's amazing is then they turn in their work and you get to see immediately if they were able to create something that, that looks acceptable. Are you giving them instruction in terms of use Canva or anything like that? No, or you're, you're, cause just- I don't care. What do I care? It's just what you want the outcome to be and then judging the result. Yeah. With a general VA, like it might be that you in your business, you use Adobe and you use, um, what are some of the things that your people might use, Miriam? Illustrator. And so you think you're going to go out there and say, I need someone who's like an expert with Illustrator. But, but that's actually not the way that I teach this because when you're looking for a general virtual assistant, you're really looking for someone who's just capable of learning that because you want them to learn that and beyond. Unless you, of course, are looking for an actual trained graphic designer, that's a different story. But for a general virtual assistant, the test task would look something like this. I'm looking for a virtual assistant, first of all, who is going to create systems for me in my business. Okay. That's always the first thing I get them doing because you can sort of kill two birds with one stone. So stay with me here. So like I will give them a video of me showing you how to set up a Gmail template, which is by the way, something I do. And I've tried to have my clients do like you want a canned response or like if you're applying to galleries, you might want to set up a template introducing yourself to a gallery that you can reuse, right, Jen? Wouldn't that be a good example? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's the greatest thing ever. And it's free and it's right there in your Gmail. You definitely want to pick a task that is doable. So I record myself doing it. Okay. So I record a video and I'm talking and I'm saying, this is how you create a Gmail template. And there are all sorts of free softwares that allow you to do this. I use a software called Loom. L is in Larry, O-O-M is in Mary. It's fantastic. It's free. Yeah. And I just want to point out, because I don't think it was completely clear, what Jen's talking about is software to record the actual on-screen Screen. video. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you're such an awesome podcast host is because you're constantly thinking, like, how are your listeners like digesting this? So that's awesome. And please interrupt all along the way. Oh, I, want it's, to it's the, I call it the New York interrupt. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I record it. It's super short. It's like one and a half minutes long. Then I say in the test task, watch this video. Then what I want you to do is I want you to create a document with screenshots and instructions for what I just showed you how to do. Okay. So I basically want you to in- create an instruction manual based on what you just saw. And I give them some sort of guidelines. I want the screenshots to be outlined in black. There's some guidelines. And then I say, also, please create a checklist of the process. Then you're going to deliver this back to me with the subject line that says, blah, 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 and whatever, blah, blah. So they're going to send that via email. 
Now I know I don't have to open up any emails that don't have the correct subject line. You posted your initial ad. Is there a site that you always go to or several sites? Onlinejobs.ph. You've posted your job. Maybe 100 people reply and it fills your spreadsheet up and then it automatically maybe invites 20 people to... Sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's just pretend 20 people do the task and they're all given the same exact task. They're all given the same Gmail, make the Gmail. Okay. Yeah, It's all automated. Even I have a canned response that has a link. But it's not like you're coming up with a different task for each person. That was really my question. Okay. So everybody is getting the same task. So you're able to see who did the task the best? No, not at that point. You don't care. Is it more like they're able to do it? They're able to... Right. They've they've moved to the next qualifying round because at this point they haven't had an interview yet. It's just test tasks. So now they just qualified to go to the next round. But here's something that's important. And that is not only did they create a process and a system, a document from what they watched on the video, they created a system by creating a checklist. So that's why when I do hire them and I only hire them initially for a trial week, right? So everybody gets hired for one trial week. Then the first tasks that I give them inside my business are the same sort of videos that I'll say, this is how I, this is how I handle my inbox. This is how I prepare an invoice. This is how I send a newsletter, whatever. I let them know, just as you did in the test task, I would like you to create a process, a system. I want you to document this and create a checklist. So now, so now, Because they had to listen and watch your video so carefully and your training in order to create that checklist and that system, they now know how to do it really, really well. Before they get to the interview, everybody's given the same thing. And and if you're hiring, let's say your second person, you might even reuse that because that's really just a test to help move people forward. Is that right? I always use it. So now when they're doing the trial week, let's say it's how to invoice a client, which is something that maybe a photographer who's listening to this might do, by the way. When you hire someone and it's how to send an invoice, and then let's say, for whatever reason, six months from now, you're hiring somebody different. Do you still have the new person create a brand new process or now you already have that process for the second VA? No, no. I mean, beyond the test task. So we're not doing test tasks anymore. We've got our new person creating systems. I'm not giving them that work. Just they don't have to prove themselves anymore. They're actually doing work, but that's just the first work I want them to do because there's so many things I want to systemize in my business and I want them to learn the process. I want them to learn it really well so they can then do it. So you might as well have them do both. You know, at some point you'll run out of stuff. Let's say you hire someone in 2020 and you have them, you you say, hey, create a video, create a process for uploading my art to Etsy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now it's a year from now. And for whatever reason, you hired somebody new. Now you say to the new person, I need to upload art to Etsy. Here's the process that my 2020 person created already, you have them watch that training video. Is that right? Because that's the way I'm understanding it. Yes. So now you have the video that you did for the other employee, Yeah. right? So that's sitting wherever you want to put it on your Trello board, wherever you're going to put your systems. And then you say, and here's the checklist that goes with it. But the truth is for most of the systems, they're not going to have to watch the video that you did before. They're just going to go through the checklist. They're just going to go through the checklist. Ideally, they're going to be able to go through the checklist. And that is the beauty is that people do come and go. 
And this alleviates that problem, which is one of the other pushbacks I get from people is like, oh my God, I'm going to, I've had somebody before. I'm going to go through all this time, money, time training somebody and they're going to leave. And this is what completely squashes that objection because you don't have to worry because you've already got your systems set up and the videos that you created all along the way, teaching them how to do stuff. Because the thing is you get in the habit, because honestly, I don't care if your people are techie or not techie. Everybody really needs to know about this Loom video, I think, because it's just a wonderful way of, even if you're just doing it for yourself, as you said, right? So you're inside your computer and you just talk to yourself. You're doing this stuff anyway. It's just a matter of literally pressing a little button and talking to yourself the whole time because you're already doing it. You put that link somewhere and when you need to share it, you can share it with the person that you've hired. As our businesses grow, I'm actually asking this question for myself, which may not pertain to people. Okay. As our businesses grow, exactly. As our businesses grow, you're not always the one creating these Loom videos anymore, right? Do you have somebody who may be creating the video? That's a better way to look at it is not to say to yourself, I'm creating these systems for when my VA quits or I fire them. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Why did I get into that negative place? (laughs) No, no, but that, that is how we Thing. But yeah. actually, I have one of my students point out to me, she goes, I love this system because when we hire our next person as we grow, as I build my team, this will be there for the team. I have a full-time assistant, Anna. People yeah. who take my classes know Anna. And I don't know how to do half the things she does. So oh, right. it, it okay. would totally not be me anymore doing it. Like how to make the schedule the Facebook Live. I don't do that. So like I could have her create the Loom video and then send it off to a VA to create a system, right? Yeah, that's when you know that you are a true CEO. When you get the right person... You don't have to know everything that you need done in your business. We all know that we need Google Analytics on our website, but everybody out there who is has that all set up, raise your hand. I bet not many people have their hand raised, right? Because (laughs) it's like, uh, Google Analytics, gross. I've never talked about analytics on this show. (laughs) It's gross, right? right? But everybody needs it. Like you need to have that stuff set up at some point. It's good for SEO. Well, I don't want to learn it. I sure don't. But guess what I get to do? I have a capable VA who I've hired, who who went through the trial period, who did the test task. I know that they're capable of learning. They like this kind of stuff. And so I find a training for that person. I either purchase it. I find some good stuff on YouTube. I never have to learn how to do it. They learn how to do it. And if you don't want to use analytics as the example, pick a hundred other things. Right. Like uploading YouTube videos or... Yeah, I'm thinking actually about having my team go through a YouTube training class because SEO is a big yeah. part of it. And I, I don't want to do it. I just bought a great Pinterest course. I don't want to watch the Pinterest course. Right. I gave it to my VA and I was like, watch this course. This is your baby. And guess what? Like now she gets to also take ownership of that. And she gets to feel the gratification that comes from seeing, being able to use her brain and create something, you know, cause guess what? Like even people, even if we're doing mundane tasks, like I, I really believe humans have an innate desire. It's part of how we're wired is that we all want to grow at some level. This is one of those perks that you could put your VA in B school or art school, like whatever, buy them a master class or whatever. And this is like, they get to gain a new skill. They get to add it to their skill set, their resume. 
And more importantly, they get to create and take ownership and feel a sense of ownership in your company. And that for me is like, is really the differentiator. Forget the process, forget the task, test task, all that. Ultimately, I think my system works because I talk so much about making sure that your VA understands from the very beginning that you're not looking for a contractor. You're looking for someone who's going to grow with you in your business. And then you prove it. You prove it in your actions. It looks like this. So obviously, you know, raises and bonuses, but it's also the bonuses are really important for benchmarks. So like I might say, if we get to, and I'm trying to think of a way you're going to have to spend that, you're going to have to turn this for your listeners in a way that makes sense. But for me, it would be like, if we get X amount of people enrolled in the course, you know, everybody's going to get X amount of dollars or a percentage bonus. Well, it could be just painting sold. It could be print sold. It could be anything that where you feel you're making more money as an as an artist or or for my photographers out there, you know, you have more bookings. Anything that your assistant has helped you do by taking stuff off your plate and helped you make more money, if you give them kind of a piece of that, that's something that they can feel good it's about. It's true ownership. Like they have real ownership in your company and they're incentivized to then grow your company. So like, so right off the bat, that's important. With my VA that I have now is the first VA I ever hired years ago. And I could have cried. We got on a Zoom call, a conference call, and she was talking about the website, but she said, um, our website. She said, our website. And uh, I was like, oh my God, like, yeah, our website. I wasn't alone. I had someone in my corner. She, She felt like it was her website too. And like everything change for me. What you just said, I think is very important on a different level. We're so alone in our businesses. Mm -hmm. And it's so nice to feel like you have somebody on your side. That's also like just mentally for your mindset. It's that's why it's so good to have someone to help you. So you don't feel like it's all up to you and you're not alone. And then you're not a crazy person talking to yourself all the time. It just makes all the difference. It's just so much more enjoyable. And and I would say that what you said about Anna is that your people, your students, your listeners, that people know about Anna, that's another way of having your person feel invested in your business. Like, uh, however small, you know, you might just, your business might be like a tiny desk stuck in the corner of the guest bedroom. And sometimes you don't really feel like you have a business or or you're not really doing it. But the minute that you have somebody who is just in the trenches with you, it's just, it really, it makes all the difference in the world, I would say. Okay, so let's wrap up, Jen, because first of all, I'm so excited. I want to learn your system. If you're interested in checking out Jen's program, you will find it at shulmanart.com forward slash VA. So I am an affiliate for that and I'm not sure what I get. I think I get a t-shirt or something if I sell a lot. Uh, a t-shirt and maybe a coffee mug. Exactly. But uh, <laughs> I will be going through this program myself. So I just want everyone to know that. How long would it take me to learn this program? Is it like uh, four weeks, six weeks? So it's it's I hold your hand all the way through. So I run it live, even though you have access to the to the content forever. But it's week by week. And the last time I ran it, everybody got through in four weeks. But this time around, we're going to do it six weeks. So there's a, a week of implementation built. That's helpful. But we had people before the program was over already with their, what I call perfect match VA. Um, So it's very, you know, step by step. And there's templates for every email, every job posting. 
Like every single thing you have to do is templated and it's very formulaic. Okay. And so you will hold my hand every step of the way with this Voxer, Slack, Trello, whatever I need to do, right? Okay, perfect. All right. Again, it's shulmanart.com forward slash VA. So that is open, I believe, when when this podcast goes live. When are you shutting down registration in 2020? Registration is going to close February 21st. Not a lot of times, but if you're listening to this podcast after that closes, then I'm pretty sure whatever I have set up for Jen, it'll redirect for a wait list. So you can get on the wait list for the next time that she opens registration. All right. So the other thing that I want you guys to go check out is I was on Jen's podcast. Woo-hoo. So it's a amazing podcast. It is Front Row Entrepreneur. Front Row Entrepreneur. Perfect. In the show notes, which is shulmanart.com forward slash 75, I have linked to actually two episodes. So the first one is the solo I did for Jen, how to create a successful online business in a niche that has nothing to do with whatever marketing. I forget what the exact title was, but there's a solo interview I did with Jen shulmanart.com forward slash 75. We will have a link to Jen's website, a link to her podcast, that episode, as well as there's a second episode where you interviewed me plus a bunch of other people in our mastermind with our best business advice. So those are two podcasts definitely worth checking out. And then you might find some more that you like over on her podcast as well. Jen, do you have any last words for my listeners before we call this podcast complete? Remember that life is too short to take a back seat uh, in life or business. So scooch up on the front row and enjoy yourself. Don't be afraid. Just, just do it. Go take your seat on the front row of life and business. Thanks, Jen. I really appreciate that. And this was so much fun. I love your enthusiasm for everything that you teach. Thank you, Miriam. This was awesome. All right, guys. So thanks so much for being with me here today. I will see you the same time, same place next week. Make it a great one. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course, on shulmanart.com. If you like this episode, then you have to check out the Artist Incubator. It's my small group program for emerging artists who want to make more money from their art. The program is by application only. To apply, go to shulmanart.com forward slash biz. That's biz as in B-I-Z. If you qualify for a free strategy session, you'll get my eyes on your art business absolutely free. And we'll discuss the steps you need to take to make 2020 your best year ever.